Hi guys, this is Keith Galloway and you are listening to Talking with TK. Welcome, guys, to episode 115 of Talking with TK. I'm your host, Tristan Cannell. Another great guest on today. We've got big, big Keith Galloway in the house. Being a Sharky supporter myself, I always loved Keithy from debuting at 17 years old when he was still at Cogamarist in year 12 to then changing clubs to the West Tigers and even the challenges of the Super League later in his career. He's one of the fan favourites, the big redhead, and yeah, he's a massive man who made great great impact both on and off the field, done a lot of community work in his time, and he has a fantastic story. So really looking forward to bringing you that today. Whether it's your first time here or you're a regular, please catch up on all the, the different episodes at www talkingwithtk.com. So there's another 114 if it's your if it's your first visit to Talking with TK. And if you can, please continue to share it with your family and friends. Season two numbers are through the roof. So I really appreciate all you guys, I'm sure, spreading the word to all your loved ones. If you do have a little bit of time and you've got access to your podcast app, if they do have a review system such as when po- Apple Podcasts or iTunes do, if you can leave me a review, it just helps me to continue to be seen by more people and any feedback is always always encouraged as well so i always want to make the show better for you guys please get in touch i've had heaps of people getting in touch so i'm really really grateful for everyone introducing themselves and just telling me exactly what you've liked and you know even guest requests for down the track so it's going to be a big 2019 so definitely do get in touch please send me an old school email at tristan at talkingwithtk.com or if you're on facebook i'm at talking with tk all my personal pages like Tristan Cannell, K apostrophe N E double L. Twitter, you'll find me at Talking with TK or Instagram, Tristan Nell. So just work out what's best for you. All right, guys, excited to bring you the big man, and I introduce Keith Galloway. All right, guys, my special guest today is Keith Galloway. Keith is a former rugby league player who featured in 250 first grade games across the Cronulla Sharks. West Tigers leads Rhinos after debuting at 17 years old. He's played at the highest representative level with five tests for Australia, and he also played one state of origin for New South Wales. Welcome to the podcast, Keithy Galloway. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's uh, yeah, it's good to catch up and and have a chat, mate. Absolute pleasure, mate. So first things first, mate. You are looking absolutely ripped. So for a guy <laughs> that's just been retired 12 months, you look like you're ready to go. You're looking after yourself, bud. Yeah, I made a sort of, you know, I didn't want to be one of those blokes that sort of let themselves go. Um, I still hit the gym and that, but, mate, I, I couldn't run. I haven't, I haven't ran in a long time, so... Because you got two busted Achilles, right? Yeah, well, I sort of, uh, over in England, sort of finished finished my career over there. Uh, did my left one right at the end of the season. Uh, and then and then, and then then did the other one uh, the following year, so... Yeah, it wasn't the best injury-wise over there, but, um, yeah, it's a pretty hard injury to come back. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it could run, but... You know, I just, I just enjoy sort of... No one likes running, mate. Nah, nah, the cardio, I did enough of that sort of playing, so just enjoy throwing some weights around now. What about hitting the bag? It's, it's not a bad injury to get back into a bit of boxing and stuff, right? Yeah, I enjoy boxing, mate. It's probably uh, probably just been a bit lazy, you know? Like, yeah. The gym I go to has got, you know, awesome boxing facilities, but um, yeah, just been a bit lazy with cardio, mate, but um, I'm sure I'll pick it up at some yeah. stage. How tough is an actually an Achilles injury? What If you could describe the feeling, what would you say? Yeah, mate, it's, uh, well, the first time you do it, um, the first one, it was just like a big shock, you know, because, mm. um, you know, you've obviously seen people do them and you hear how sort of, how hard it is to come back from. You know, I remember as a kid, everyone sort of talked about Achilles Achilles injuries being sort of career ending, but I suppose, um, you know, uh, surgery and whatnot sort of come a long way since then, but um, yeah, I did a lot of hard work over in England to come back the following year. Um, Felt like I was playing really good football. Um, you know, sort of, I was in a sort of team that was going really well. The first year wasn't too good, but the, the following year we're going, we're competing, we're going well. The team, the team ended up winning the comp. Uh, Leeds ended up winning the comp, but unfortunately I was injured. Yeah. Um, so I came back around Easter, uh, but then yeah, sort of a few months later, sort of done the other one. So um, yeah, I'm sure it was just the body telling me that you know. 
You've had a good run, but that's enough. Yeah, they're a great club, but Leeds United, uh, Leeds Rhinos. I've yeah. struck up a bit of a relationship with Barry McDermott. Did you meet him over there? Yeah, he's a, he's a great fellow, mate. He is. Um, He'll be listening too. He loves the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. he was he was involved with Leeds sort of before I started, um, but he obviously is a, he's a legend there, and um, he actually messaged me before over, wishing me the best and stuff like that, and made everyone over there talks about how good of a guy he is. Yeah, he's an absolute legend. Now, tell me, talk to me a little bit about transition because, you know, this is your, what's, what, 12 months since you retired? Yeah. So it's your first year kind of outside of being a professional footballer and you're a little bit different. You know, you were a professional since you were 17 years old. How have you kind of found that, that transition away from being a professional sportsman? Yeah, I guess you sort of always know it's coming. Um, you know, you can't play for, everyone knows you can't play forever, but... Um, Mate, it's not easy, but yeah. you know, sort of, of, of um, I've, I've got a job. I've got a job which I sort of enjoy. You know, I sort of work on the wharfs now at Port Botany, which is pretty close to home. Yep. Um, so I'm sort of lucky I landed a job that I don't mind. But um, had you lined that up before you? No, nah, sort of. Uh, when I when I moved back, to, you know, it was, it was something because it was so close and and stuff like that. I thought you know it'd be a good job to get into. I knew a few boys that were working there. Yep. And um, end up getting a start, which is good. So I sort of you know landed into a job, but. Um, I did a few sort of small courses when I played, um, but yeah, it's. I, I guess it, it is. It is hard to sort of, you know, if I, I I did I did a bit of stuff while I was playing to sort of get ready for the transition, but you know I couldn't tell players these days enough to to really get ready for it because yeah. it's, it's a big change. If you could do one thing differently through your career in terms of trying to plan, because yours yeah. is a little bit different because you know you, I'm sure that you weren't expecting to do your Achilles while you're over yeah. in England, so you might have thought that you might have had a couple more years up your sleeve. Would you would you change anything or yeah. you know, we're just talking about some advice maybe for some of the like younger players? Yeah, well, I sort of, I had the um, you know had one more year to go. This was going to be my third year of the contract over there, and the plan was that would see me out. Yeah, um, but you know, I probably if I had my time again, I'd probably I'd look at doing maybe studying or or um, you know trying to do an apprenticeship or something on my, on my days off. Yeah, you know, just getting ready for that sort of. You know, I wasn't fond of studying. It's just, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't great at school, but I tried it and stuff like that. But, you know, there's there's plenty of opportunities. The NRL is great at stuff like that. Yeah, because the NRL actually pay for yeah. parts of degrees and stuff. Yeah, they're really, they? they're yeah. really good like that. You know, I mean, the opportunities there, especially with the under-20s. Uh, is that still here, the N- NYC? Or that's- it's not the NYC, though. It's kind yeah. of like a underneath grade. Like, okay. they don't play it on TV anymore, and it's not like yeah. Toyota Cup or oh, okay. all that well, sort of yeah, stuff Yeah, well, I remember when I was playing here, that, that was there, but... They had a rule where you have to have to be studying or working yeah, gotcha. if you're going to play. So, um, you know, the NRL is great like that. There's they've got you know there's their welfare and and uh, education department's great. So the opportunities are there, but I, I guess it's up to the individual to sort of apply themselves. Yeah, for sure. All right, Keith, take you back to the start because I want to learn a little bit more about the Galloways, mate. So yeah. your old man came from Scotland. Yeah, so dad came over. Uh, he's still got a pretty thick accent. He came over from Scotland. Um, Can you do one? No, nah, mate, no. Nah. <laughs> uh, give me a couple of beers and what. Um, he, uh, so he came over in his 20s, I think. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, would have been in his 20s. And then, um, yeah, and, you know, he, he, most of his brothers and sisters came out. Is he from Glasgow? No, no, he's from he's from up in Dundee. Yeah. A bit further up. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, they all, he's got one brother still there, but, you know, t- two sort of, uh, another brother came out, two sisters came out and they all. You know, Australia's uh, the lifestyle and the climate's a lot, a lot more, a lot better than what, than what you'd sort of have growing up in Scotland. So I think they they sort of really appreciated the weather and, and the lifestyle over here, and ended up staying out here. And and uh, Dad met Mum, and Mum's Australian, and then um, yep. yeah, I guess sort of you know us kids were created and. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're a mad Celtic supporter. Was yeah. that something that was passed down from your old man? Uh yeah. Dad, Dad was he wasn't a massive Celtic fan. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just sort of me and my brother are big Celtic fans. Um, you know, I guess I don't know. I just sort of from a young from a young age I used to watch Henrik Larsson and yeah, suppose, yeah. You know, like um, I guess yeah. I'd, was never going to go for the other team, you know, so it was, it was always sort of Celtic from a young age. Mate, I was on Netflix the other day and I watched you something, Sports of Religion or something. Yeah. And it was about the rivalry in Glasgow between Rangers and Celtic. Yeah. And it was unreal. It was yeah, the documentary mate. and like literally one side of the street is Rangers, one side of the street is Celtic. Yeah, it's nuts, mate. I've, I've been to a few old firm, um, old firm games. Um, two at Ibrox. Like? So with, I came in with the Celtic crowd, yeah. the away crowd. It's just nuts, mate. There's... 
police vans and you don't get anywhere near their fans. Did, their, did you feel intimidated at all? Not really because we had, you You're know, the Herbal Celtic fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> went in with a heap of Celtic fans. Um, you know, I've got a few mates that I met in Australia that have moved back there that are big Celtic fans. They, they come over for Ireland for the game. So, um, mate, it's, yeah, it's, you, you feel it. You feel it walking into the stadium. Like, yeah. There's just a rush and, um, you know, as a kid, I've always wanted to go to one of those games and, Living over there, I was lucky enough to get to a few of them. Yeah, you know that your Scottish roots, because I know that you tried to play for the World Cup three times, and I think once yeah. you were suspended and then twice was it injury? Yeah, no, I wasn't suspended. Um, it was injury. It was injury each time. Um, oh, I was going to yeah, yeah, I was going to play early, so I think it was 2009. Yep. I was going to play then, uh, had a foot injury, and, I played, and then I ended up playing for the Aussies in 2011, and then later on, towards the back end of my career, I tried to play a few times, but just... You know, had to have surgery in the off season and stuff like that. So uh, I was never to be, mate. But um, I would have been really proud to sort of try and help the game up there and, and play for him. For sure. Now, what about the Liverpool side of you? Where does what does that side of you yeah um, picked up, mate? Yeah, I suppose you know, like EPL is a massive. You know, English football is massive. Yeah, it is. Um, I remember watching watching a video of Celtic and Liverpool playing each other, and you'll never walk alone before the game, and both both fans were like pelting it out together in unison and. Um, yeah, ever since then, I've sort of, um, you know, supported Liverpool as well. Yeah. Um, Did you get over to many games when you were? Yeah, I went there? to a few games. Yeah, I went to a few games. Obviously, in, living in Leeds, Liverpool's about an hour and a half away, so it's not too far to be closer yeah. than Glasgow. But um, it's a lot closer than Australia. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I was lucky <laughs> enough to get a few games over there. So that was, you know, that was always on the bucket list too. Yeah, that that atmosphere at Anfield, like you just described, like, is there anything that you can compare that to at all? Yeah, mate. I reckon Celtic Parks. Yeah, the atmosphere's better. Okay, at Celtic Park, but Anfield's not far behind. You know, um, especially especially in terms of an old firm. Like I've never experienced anything like that. Went, yeah. I went to Europe. I went was Celtic first Bayern Munich. That was massive too. Um, so the thing with Liverpool, I never went to a a big game like a um, like a Champions League, or a Champions League, yeah, or yeah. a or a Man U, or you know one of those teams. But mate, it was it's pretty it's pretty impressive going to Anfield. Don't get me wrong, but. Um, you know, going to the old going to Celtic Rangers game. I think I don't think I've experienced anything like it. Yeah. So back to rugby league, mate. How how old were you when you first picked up the footy? Um, yeah, I think I was under sevens. So I got taken down to Scarborough Park, played for the Brighton Seagulls. Yeah. So Whose was, idea was that one? Uh, well, my older brother was playing there, so okay. I think I watched him, and obviously I was sort of couldn't wait to sort of play as well. I, I don't really remember it, but yeah, because what are you six five, six six? It's six five, I think six four, six five. Yeah. Is he a big fella as well? No, nah, no, nah, he's he's not as big as me. He's probably average height. So he's about a six footer, five eleven, or sort of thing. Um, yeah, he'd be five ten, five eleven, I think. I think so. Maybe six foot. I, I don't know. I can't really pick people's height. But yeah, where's the size come from, mate? Yeah, I don't know. My sister's pretty tall. Um, Mum and dad aren't aren't really tall, so yeah, I don't know. I just sort of I suppose the height just I was just good genes, mate. Maybe, Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> maybe one of the grandparents through the the generations or something. Yeah, like maybe that. I think Dad's dad was a big man. Um, maybe it was from him. I'm not so sure. Just skipped him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Brighton, mate. Was was there anyone else from the footy days that were um, there? Or you just kind of at Brighton Seagulls. Um, who was there? Um, uh, not really, no one that sort of kicked on. That sort of the famous, but yeah. Um, I mean, Jason Stevens, Brad McKay played for. Played for Brighton Seagulls, but um, so I spent a couple of years there, and then ended up in the South Comp for Mascot. Yeah, you know, played at Mascot for about four or five years. A year in between at Hurstville United, and then I think it was the under 13s or the 14s. Um, I ended up going down to the Cronulla Comp. Yeah, playing for Yarrawarra. Yarrawarra, yeah. yeah. And then um, you know, played Matthews Cup and stuff like that, and ended up getting graded graded to the Sharks. Yeah, when did you? Because originally you were majority a second rower. Were yeah. you always a second row? Or um, did you have a little yeah, cheeky sort of, halfback in your nah, maybe oh, maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, maybe at the really younger days, you know. But um, I sort of came in as a second row. Yeah, you know, it was probably a bit tall and lanky to start off with, and then I started filling out, so I ended up in the front row. But I think the first couple of years I was a one, well, maybe a, maybe it was only the first year, two thousand and three, two thousand four was a back row, and then I sort of my last year at the Sharks, I was a front row, and then I got signed by the Tigers as a front row. Yeah, were you actually a Sharks fan? Uh, no, mate. I was actually a Dragons fan. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I was Saint, grew up in the St. George area, so yeah. it's pretty natural to go for your sort of local team. Um, Who were your heroes back then, bud? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I liked um, 
Gordon Tallis as a, as a Dragons player. Yeah, fire. Mate, he was he was unreal coming off the bench, the super sub. Uh, big Jason Stevens when he was at Dragons. Yep. Mate, Anthony Mundine, he you know as a, as a player, I loved watching him. Um, Paul Harrigan, even though he played for Newcastle, he was probably my hero. The chief, he, yeah, the chief is a big front rower. Remember him and Carol, like yeah, Charles mate, yeah. I used to, I remember staying up on a Friday night watching that. You have was, to. <laughs> That's ferocious. Can you imagine them in through HIA now, mate? Oh yeah, jeez, mate, yeah, they wouldn't. Have, they would have banned for a year or something. Yeah, mate, they used to throw everything in, into it. Eh? <laughs> yeah. So prior to signing with the Sharkies, like when were you first spotted? Um, geez, yeah, so. I don't know. I guess. Did they have the Did they have development squads yeah, prior to that? Yeah, there's obviously development squads. Yeah. So I think I was just started with the junior bunnies at mascot, and then under thirteens or fourteens. But then I went over to the Cronulla comp and played development squads there. Yeah. Was that intentional when you moved? Over um. To yeah. The, the sort of the the late Robert Stone. He was he was yeah. a Dragons legend. He I, I played for the New South Wales Primary Schools uh, when I was in Year Six and ended up staying with his family for a week. So okay. we sort of had a good relationship with the family. And he was trying to get me to come over there for ages uh, to the Sharks comp for ages, but mate, yeah, Yarra Warra was like ages away from from living in Brighton and that. Anyway, anyways, I ended up going when I was fourteen, and then um, yeah, you obviously play, you know, you play school school footy and yep. you know you play all that sort of New South Wales CCC and you end up playing schoolboys. But yeah, I sort of got great Matthews Cup at Sharks and then. SG ball and then sort of you progress from there. Yeah, you, you're pretty good. Your your junior rep sort of stuff because you what made New South Wales 16s, 18s. You also made Australian schoolboys when you're in year yeah. 11, right? Yeah, yeah, year 11. Yeah, so you know, I was sort of lucky enough to make most of those junior rep teams, um, and then go on with it. So, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I mentioned that I knew Scotty Scotty Hildebrand, and yeah. you guys went to school together at, at Cogramaras. You had a fair team, though, because you guys had George Nadira, mm. Daryl Millard, yourself. Yeah. So a fair few first graders that were in that squad. So yeah, yeah, you was, did quite well. Yeah, there was, you know, we had them. There was a young kid, Tilly Avea, yeah. a bit of, played a bit of NRL and Super League. They made a couple of other boys that were sort of, you know, I thought could have kicked on as well. So I think, um, yeah, we had a really good school footy team. Uh, played... The New Grand Cup or whatever it was called back then sort of played Westfields and got beat by two points. Wow. You know, and we we're just a local Catholic school from Cogra, so yeah. it was, you know, we had a really good team, but. Um, was that the furthest Cogra Morris has ever been? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I, I think so. Like, we're not a sports school or we don't get blokes on scholarships or anything like that. So, yeah, um, yeah but, you know, the, we had a really good team. We had five guys in the New South Wales CCC Opens that year, which is, you know, probably unheard of for yeah, it would be. a team that's not a sports school. Yeah. And what about Australian schoolboys? Because there was a fair crop of you that went over to England. Was that the first time you'd been overseas? Um, I think it would have been. Maybe I went to New Zealand. It might, yeah, it probably was. It was definitely the first time in England. Um, it might have been the first time overseas. It, uh, Sharks took me over to New Zealand on a pre-season camp when I was really young. But it might have been before or after the schoolboys. I can't remember. But um, yeah, that, that was, uh, yeah, we had a really good schoolboys team. But um, I was playing a year up, um, so I actually didn't make the the top side. But unfortunately, we we're the first schoolboys team to get beat by by England in thirty years. So, yeah, yeah. What what would happen over there? Were they just bigger and tougher than yeah, you? Yeah, they were massive. Or? I think I think yeah. I think they're actually a bit older. Uh, the academy. Yep. Yeah, I think they were most of them were a year older. But um, yeah, they were mate, they were massive. Like, we were just I don't think many of us had touched weights before or anything like that. Yeah. And then we sort of come up against this English team, and they're all like. Like men, you know, <laughs> and they're sort of bashing our pack and whatnot. Yeah, I can only imagine. So when you got back to Australia, was that kind of like the point when you said, well, I have to get physically tough? Like, yeah, I think so. I yeah. think, obviously, you know, I felt like I was always physically tough, but, um, you know, all these, all the rugby, like, you know, the Sharks had a program where you'd sort of, you know, you'd, you'd get a training, you'd start, oh, I probably hadn't even started doing weights training then. Yeah. 16, I think, so. I don't think I've been in a gym before, but um, you know, you sort of start going, you start doing weights and that, as you know, from, from then on. Yeah, who'd you have in Matt's and SG Ball for coach? Uh, Kurt Wrigley. Kurt Wrigley. He's, I think he's been an assistant coach at a few clubs. Yeah, he has. Yeah, so we our Matthews Cup team, we end up winning the the Matthews Cup undefeated. Yeah, I think that was two thousand and one. So we had a really good team there. Were you playing up? Uh, no, I was. That was that was my age. Um, yeah, so we won that undefeated. We we beat Penrith in the final. We sort of smashed them, which was. Well, they've always I mean, got a good crop of people. Yeah, I mean, for Penrith, a team, yeah, yeah, for like a team from sort of this part of Sydney to to beat like you know the Parramatta's and the, yeah, 
the stuff Penrith work. and the Newcastles, which are always a lot stronger than other clubs, was 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 massive. Because who? Because I remember when because I used to ref a bit as well, and I remember doing a few of your games, and I remember yeah. that was more twenties, but yeah, and you were playing up, and I remember Reese Williams and Seraldo. Yeah, yeah, you guys were the back row. But they're yeah. a little bit older than you, weren't they? No, like- Reese was my age. So Reese played with me at Arawara. Yeah. Um, Cam was a year up. So we had another good year the, the following year. SG Bourne, most of us, most of us Matthews Cup team played up. And there was okay. a few guys. Yep. Um, there was a few guys from the from the edge above that played with us um, in, the, in the SG Bourne. And we ended up getting beat by West in the final. But they were, they, were all, they were all sort of a year older, but we were a young side. That, you know, but um, good back row, but yeah, yeah, we we had a pretty good, you know, our, our sort of age at Cronulla was was pretty strong. Yeah, who'd you have at Flag? Um, Flag, I don't know if I played Flag to be honest. Yeah, um, I sort of, I don't think I, I don't think I played. I think I played SG Ball, which was when I was seventeen, a year up, and then yep, and then they sort of pretty much put me in the full time training squad. So what happened was you just have like a massive development between sixteen and seventeen. Like yeah, I think so. I don't know. And I ended up playing reserve grade two thousand and three. Yep. How'd you find playing against? I think me? I did play a bit of flag to be honest, uh, actually. But um, it was only a few games at the start of the year. Then I sort of got thrown in reserve grade and played played a bit of fair few games that year. And then um, later that year I deb- debuted. Yeah. You know? Before that, you know, you just mentioned Reggie's. Like yep. there's some tough bastards that play that. You oh know, yeah. And you stand out as well. You're a tall. Felt yeah. like at the time you were redheaded as well, yeah. mate. Did anyone try to like rough you up a little bit? Um, I can't remember. It's so long ago now, but um, mate, I think it's, I think it's it's needed though. You got to play. I think if you're going to progress in the NRL, you got to play against men. Yeah, for sure. Before you know, like I think the twenties was a decent system, but they're throwing kids from the twenties into the reserve, into straight into NRL, and yeah, I mean you you'll get your freaks who can sort of just just do that, but I think I think you pl- got to play against sort of seasoned. Hard men or, or whatever, or blokes that are sort of grown men, because that's what you that's what you're playing against in the NRL. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned before your NRL debut. Now, did you have an inkling at all that this might be on on the horizon at all? Not really. I um, I was, I was at school 2003. It was my last year uh, school holidays. The Sharks, you know, the, they told me to come train with them. Yep. On school holidays, which was. Pretty cool. So I was trained with the top squad, and then um, so it was like a bit of a taste to see. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought it was. And then uh, Chris Anderson, who was a coach, um, just taught me in the brought me in the office. Um, I don't know if it was in the school holidays or it was a week later or something. Which goes, oh mate, you're playing this week. I was like, whoa, it was against the Warriors too, which was you know back then. I think they made the final that year. They did. They, they made were, the grand final. Yeah, they were massive, man. Like big pack and everything, and came off the bench and played against. It. Yeah, it was. It was surreal, mate. It was. Uh, what was your first impression of Chris Anderson? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, mate. He was he was good. Um, suppose he sort of, you know, as a young kid, he sort of gave me kept giving me tastes of training with the team during the year, and yeah, uh, he, he was the one that took me to New Zealand on that preseason uh, preseason trip that year earlier that year. But I was I was you know I was underage and everything like so I was sixteen or seventeen or whatever it was. Yeah, did he give any sort of feedback in that? Like what you need to improve on, uh, or anything like that. Yeah, I think I think it was just good. Obviously, you know, obviously they sort of felt like I could sort of play first grade, but I, mate, I was I didn't think I was going to play that year. But um, yeah, they were always good, mate. Like he was, he was, he was really good. Yeah, seeing that you're underage, did your dad have to sign like a waiver, or how, how did it all work? Um, no, I don't think so, mate. But you know, obviously back then, you know, there was the drinking culture was a bit different. So yeah, yeah. the boys would go out for beers a fair bit, but. And I'd stick around at the hotel and... Yeah, I mean, to it. actually play, like to play oh, in no, no, did I you have to get a new contract or... No, nah, I don't think there was a rule back then. I might have had to sign an NRL deal yeah. to play NRL, but yeah, I don't think so, mate. When you're kind of that young and you have to sign NRL, are you on like a, a rookie contract for a number of years or how does that kind of um, all fill out? Yeah, I can't remember, mate. I think... I can't remember, but I, I remember when I debuted, I think I was on like a thousand... My sign-on for that year was a thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, for, for the year, which is or three thousand dollars or something. So it wasn't much, but you know, you sort of did the other clubs come knocking because obviously you're Australian schoolboy as well. So you got yeah, mate, it was actually um, talking about Robert Stone. He he sort of he was the one that took me to Yarrawarra, which was a club in at Cronulla. Yeah, and he ended up being the chief executive or so, something to do with the Dragons, high up at the Dragons. Okay, and um, he was trying to get me to go to the Dragons to play for them, which was. Obviously, it was my boyhood team and everything, but um, it would have been tempting. Yeah, but I sort of just sharks. Sort of just I signed it. I signed a thing with sharks and yeah, was happy there. And then told him, and he's like, "Oh, mate, I was, 
I was ready to bring you to the Dragons and whatnot, but everything happens for a reason, mate. Sharks are a great club. I was happy to happy to sort of to play there and start there. Yeah, what was it like? Who was the first player to maybe take you under their wing or uh, Jason Stevens was really good. Yeah. He's a big front row. He's, he's you know, he's a he's a Brighton boy as well originally. Went to the same primary school and the same high school. But he's obviously a lot older, but um you know, him and Chris Beatty were sort of good, you know, like Oh, he was a tough nut, yeah, eh? He's a big hard man. Um, he loved the little Danny brawl. Nutley. Danny Nutley was, was really good. Has um, he got to be pound for pound, like, nuts, one yeah. of the strongest guys? Oh, mate, he's tough as anything. Because he would be up to your shoulder, right? Yeah, mate, he's not much. He's, he's just a short... He's not even massive, but he's just... He'd run that hard and give it everything, Just you know? tackle all day. Yeah, he, you know, learning under them three was as, as front rolls were, were really good, and they were, they were great blokes. Yeah, once you kind of cracked that first grade, were you kind of always doing your extras then and staying back? Like, yeah, I think what so. What was your mindset towards that? Um, yeah, I can't remember, mate. I don't think I was... Overboard with that sort of stuff. Like, yeah. I don't think I was um, the bloke that I probably, you know, probably would have helped me if I was more like that way. But I probably got in on natural talent a little bit. Yep. But, you know, obviously the way the the training and stuff you do it is intense anyway at the NRL. Yeah. So um, yeah, as, as a sort of my career went on, I sort of was a bit bit smarter with stuff like that. But but mate, it's that long ago. I can't really remember to be honest. It's, yeah, it's a long time now. Way eh? my memory's not there. <laughs> <laughs> But still, mate, you're 17. Like, when you went back to school, you must have been the king of Cogramarist. Like, yeah, what was the reaction of the boys? Like, oh, you know, they're all they're all my mates, and that um, they must have been pretty pumped for you, though. Yeah, they were pretty pumped, mate. I, I'm, I was a pretty pretty shy sort of guy. I don't, you know, I don't I like to think I'm pretty humble. I don't I don't try and make it. Didn't try and make a big deal about it. You know, try to yeah. keep stay stay grounded and whatnot. Yeah, I was speaking to Chris Lawrence because he was obviously in a very similar boat to yourself. Yeah, he was. He yeah. played at 17 when he went to Greg's and yeah. the media kind of hounded him and that sort of thing. Did you get a lot of kind of attention from the, after the debut? Um, well, the, I think Channel 7 or Channel 9, one of, one of those, and a, and a newspaper came to school to sort of, it was a bit different, you know, like seeing, seeing these camera crews come into school and filming me in the classroom. But yeah, that was pretty... I didn't like the attention and that, you know, I was pretty a bit embarrassed about it, but I guess that sort of comes with it, you know. Yeah, for sure. So obviously next season you you're playing quite consistently now and you know, you've you had three good years at the Sharkies. Mm. Probably year three was a big one and unfortunately you were involved in that incident with John Hopawati. Yeah. That's a huge thing, especially for at the time what are you nineteen, twenty years old yeah. for a veteran to go after you like that. Like, what was tougher, the physical or the mental toll from actually the actual um, incident? Well, it, was, it was definitely, it was physical as well because I was getting headaches for weeks after that. So yeah. I didn't play for about a month after that happened. Like, I didn't even train, I think, for for a month. So, um, yeah, that was pretty, and obviously, you know, seeing your sort of head um, all over the TV and make people still come up to me and ask me about it, which is, yeah. you know, I don't like talking about it because it's not a good look for the game and, and whatnot, but... Um, I mean, Hopper's sort of seen him a few times since. He apologised um, straight after it and rang me up during the week and that. So I guess that's the biggest thing. That yeah, yeah, you know, I don't, yeah, I, don't think he, I, don't, I don't think he intentionally came out of, you know, he was just trying to put a shot on, but obviously mistimed it. And, but, you know, he, he he sort of, I think that might have ended his career. I'm not too sure. So yeah. he paid his price for it. Did it rattle your confidence a little bit? Um, It might have. I don't know. It was, it was pretty, you know, it was, it was obviously pretty hard to come back from. Yeah. Took took a while to come back, but um, you know I was fortunate enough to sort of get back out there and, and have a long career after that. Yeah, it was funny that for someone that made Australia as a front row and also mm. New South Wales as a front row, you didn't actually start in a front row until the very last game in the semi final against the Dragons. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, two thousand and five down at Wollongong. Yeah, and yeah. you guys nearly knocked him off because you guys were coming from seventh place. Yeah, Dragons were red hot at second place. Yeah, and I remember against that game because I went to the actual game. And you were meant to start from the bench, but then they started you. And you yeah. guys started like a house on fire. Mm. And you actually led at half time. And the yeah. Dragons fans were, were doing it quite tough because the Sharkies were on fire. Brett Kamali was playing his best. Yeah. All you guys were getting him forward and you guys were just playing field position. Yeah. At the In the end, they just a little bit too classy across the field. But, yeah, it was, it was interesting that it was that very last game that you played. Yeah, it came up starting That you front started row, yeah. front row. I think... We- yeah, I think we were short on front rowers from memory. Um, I think I started with Danny Nutley. I think Steve-O was injured. Um, Beats, Beatty, Chris Beatty might have been injured. Okay, I, th- I just remember we were super short on front rows, and then you know they threw me threw me in of starting, which was 
massive, you know, <laughs> I'd like to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially against the Dragons pack. Yeah. So that's obviously your last game with the Sharkies. When did you actually make the decision to leave Cronulla for the West Tigers? Yeah, sort of halfway through that year. What was the, um, it was June 30th, I think the June 30th. June 30th, kind of. Yeah, you can talk after whatever. that, I think, yeah, or yeah. whatever it is. Um, so I was off contract. Sharks were, Sharks were keen to keep me. Um, Souths were really keen on me at the stage, and Tigers as well. Um, and then... What drew you kind of towards Tigers, the Tigers yeah, it's just they, you know, when I was sort of SG ball, I played with a few of those guys in sort of schoolboys and junior rep teams. Um you know, and the, and it was a really young squad then. You know, there was heaps of heaps of guys playing first grade that were my age. Yeah. At the at the Tigers, and um, yeah, I just thought, mate, this this team's you know would probably be a good good opportunity to grow with this team and um, have a young squad. You know, and and they offered, and Tim Sheens was there as well, which was you know you, you don't get many better coaches in the game than Tim Sheens. Yeah, for sure. He, you know, he showed a lot of interest. Um, and you know, they offered me sort of a three year deal. I think it was. Um, and they were just coming off a grand final win too. Yeah, but I did. I, I, I signed. Didn't know yeah, that. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I signed with them halfway through the year. I thought. I remember they had that awesome run, but the I think run, it was just yeah. at the start of it when I signed with them. I thought, nah, they won't win the grand. You know, but they ended up obviously winning the grand final. So God, they were entertaining in that semi-finals yeah. into the grand final. Yeah. You must have. That must have just been a tick going. I've made a great decision. Yeah, yeah. You know, to join a team like that was. Yeah. You talked about those young guys like. Because Benji was still there, he was coming yeah. up. He was only a youngster. Yeah, he had an experienced half in Scott Prince, who still had one more year left in there. Yeah. Plus, I think you coming into the team, you're going to add a different element because they played small ball for a long, yeah. long time. They had guys like Anthony Lafranchi playing in the front row. Yeah. So, I guess you probably saw that you you could actually yeah, but contribute, they were, you, know, you know, the Tigers were always sort of like a small pack. Um, I mean, Scander was there, but Scander's you know he's unreal, but he's not the biggest front row. Yeah. sort of running around and. You know, Gibbo was there and LaFranchi. So they went. They didn't have a massive pack and, um, you know, they were keen on me and, you know, like sort of, they, you know, spoke to Tim Sheens a bit and he sort of liked what I sort of brought to the game. So, yeah, um, yeah, ended up signing there and had a sort of long career there. One of the guys that you just mentioned, Bryce Gibbs. <laughs> now, is he kind of like the class clown of the Tigers? Yeah, mate. We, there was plenty of characters there at the Tigers. And it was just fun those years at the Tigers, those especially those early years. Yeah. Well, the mid years I was there, they were, you know, you'd, Bo Ryan was there, Liam Fulton was there, Bryce Gibbs was there, Heinington was there. Could you go to training without knowing that there was going to be a prank on you? Or? Oh, yeah, but you know, they, they didn't get me too bad. But um, what's yeah. the best prank that you ever saw in the training oh, ground? Best prank. Jeez, what was it, man? Probably I don't know, man. They used to. Like you'd come in and you'd see like <laughs> Gibbo threw Bryce uh, Robbie Farah's bag, like training bag with everything in the ice bath one stage, <laughs> stuff like that, man. And I was just yeah, it was just hilarious, man. Who was the worst in terms of like you know? There's always one bloke that just doesn't take it very well. Oh, yeah, oh, Farah did like you know like the, uh, I don't know, man. Like everyone sort of mate, it was just a good. Everyone got on well, man. It was all it was all fun and games. Mate, you know, it, it made it made sort of training a lot more enjoyable. Going going to going to work with with those sort of guys every every day, you know. Yeah, how'd you find Sheensy? Because obviously, you guys had a, a great relationship. Yeah, mate, he, he was awesome, man. Um, you know, with, without with no disrespect to sort of past coaches, um, playing under him, Jesus, just you know, you, you'd learn you'd learn so much. You know, you'd have a different game plan every week. Um, was it true that he would, if you guys could do it on the training packet at Paddock? Like flick passes, yeah. if you could pull it off there, there'll be no qualms about. Yeah, you guys. stuff like that, mate. He, um, but he'd come up with scrum plays and yeah, you know everything was structured. Like, you know, your first hit up was for something. The second hit up was to get to a spot. Yep. And then obviously you'd have Benji and Farage just running the show off that. So, um, yeah, mate, his his game plans were unreal. Mm. You know, it really probably took you probably 2010, 2011 to get kind of two full seasons under your belt. Yeah. Like, do you think that was because you came in so young that maybe your body wasn't ready for the week-to-week kind of rigour of, yeah, of possibly, NRL? Yeah, possibly, mate. Um, you know, obviously playing in the hardest position on the field. Too. Absolutely. You know, you, you're playing against grown men as, as a kid. So, um, yeah, but 10 and 11, I sort of... I still had me, mate. I, I was, I, even though I played a fair few games, I, I probably could have played a heap more if it wasn't for injuries. But, um, yeah, 2010, 11... Parts of nine were probably my sort of best years at the Tigers. Yeah, I've got to ask you, Chris Lawrence, another thing he said was, was it true that you used to, you had turf toe? 
and yeah. there was one year where literally you weren't training in terms of running. You would be in the moon boot to literally yeah, the yeah. few minutes before the game. Yeah, it was 2009. Um, but I had turf toe and, you know, you, you know what turf toe, it's, a big, it's the ball of your foot yeah. where your big toe is. The big ball there, and I just had a fracture or something in there, and the, and the ligaments were all damaged. And I think I had six weeks or a month or six weeks out trying to get it better, but it just wasn't getting better. And it was it was probably silly on my behalf, but I just wanted to get out there and play. Yeah, and um, ended up ne- so I told them I'd needle it and play. Wow! So I did it, and it sort of you know it worked, and then I kept doing it for the rest of the year. So it would be you turn up, moon boot off, doctor yeah. needles, yeah. I'd, I'd rock up to the game with a moon boot. Um, what would it, would it just go numb? Yeah, it'd go numb. You'd yeah, play, yeah you, your foot would be numb. Then it would be sore as hell the night of the game. How long would the numbness like last just for the couple just of hours? For the game, yeah, you'd feel you'd yeah. start feeling it sort of after the game. Just sit, you'd put your foot in an ice bucket after the game. And, I yeah, mate, I don't, yeah, I don't sort of, um, who knows what's, who knows how many foot will be in the future, but I don't recommend. Um, Is it still sore now? No, nah, it's not too no, bad now. Not it's too not bad. too bad, yeah. But, um, You've copped it down low, mate. Yeah. The Achilles and the toe. Yeah, Jesus. I think it's the big, long, skinny legs, man. <laughs> yeah. But 2010-11, you guys played some pretty good semifinals. I remember this one where, what was that game against the Dragons? You guys just went, there was yeah. two that I remember. The one against the Dragons where you guys just went hammer and tong. I think they just pipped you in the end. 2000 and... And then that, that one where Nasty kicks sorry. the field goal. Is that yeah. the same? So 2010, we played... We played Roosters in the first semi-final. Yeah, was that hundred minute game where it sort of went into extra time and it was the first point scorer. So it went that's to, right. It was yeah, hot, you know it was a hundred minutes and Kenny Dow scored an intercept and ended up scoring. Um, so then we had to go down to Canberra. Um, you know, I think it was a short, short sort of short game. We had a fair few injuries, but ended up beating them down there. Is that the one where Croker misses it on the bell? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. To, that was to draw the game. To draw it, to Can- the, yeah. Canberra were coming back. Big time that game too, so if he kicked that, you know, it would have been hard to sort of hang on. Um, but then we ended up playing Dragons the next week. Yeah. And, um, yeah, mate, they sort of 12 all and then, uh, what's his name? Soward kicked the field goal. That's right. Yeah, and just, they went on They went on the next week to smash the Roosters in the grand final. But Yeah. Yeah, mate, it's, uh, you know, they beat us, so they deserve to be there, but. How tough is it when you go through a whole season and then you're sick deep into the finals, one game away from the grand final? And, you know, for yourself, you know, you never got to play in a grand final, so you know how tough it is to get that close. Yeah. How long does it take for you to, like, is that a great motivation for the next season? Or, like, yeah, what's def- your process? Yeah, definitely, you know, definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely was. 2011, been another awesome year, but got beat by the Warriors in the semifinals in the last minute as well. And they ended up making the grand final, so. Yeah. Um, them two years, but yeah, I think we sort of, if we're going to win a comp when I was there, it, was, it would have been one of those years. It's one we're, of those, def- we're definitely good enough to do it. Just it's, a, it's the weirdest thing about rugby league. So even I had uh, Luke Lewis on yesterday, and he won in 2003, then didn't go to another grand final until 2016. Yeah. Some people like, look at ET. ET played in one yeah. Super League grand final, but didn't play in any. Mm. Some great players like yourself played for Australia and New South Wales, and you didn't get to play. It's one of those, some players just aren't at the right time and the right right place are they yeah mate, yeah it's, it's obviously you know some plays I wouldn't call them blessed because it's hard work to make a grand final and whatnot. but yeah it's some some blokes are the right club but you know when teams sort of have dynasties or whatever you call it yep. um, you know that that window of opportunity was was around 10 and 11 for us at the Tigers but um, you know every other year besides that we sort of we struggled yeah not everything's about grand finals you make some massive achievements in 2011 Mm. Australia and New South Wales. Let's talk about Origin first, because you had Sticky at Origin, didn't you? Yeah. How'd you get the the phone, the phone call to to announce that you've, you've yeah, made it? Was the game, I think it was Game Three. Um, yeah, it was. Last game of the year. Last uh, game of the. Brisbane, it was right? a decider too. Um, I think I didn't I didn't have my phone on me, and then I think I checked my phone. Like it was just it was blown up. There was messages, calls, so I got announced, and then obviously went into camp. But actually, went into camp as eighteenth or nineteenth player. Okay. Under, um, that's right, because you were like number 19 or something. Yeah, I'll write it down. Some 20, I don't, I don't know, maybe right. 20. Yeah, but um, and it wasn't until like the Sunday or the Monday that I knew I was playing, so yeah, it sort of you know, it was I only played 10 minutes or something, but I guess it was 10 minutes more than a lot of other blokes sort of played Origin. So, what was the intensity like, even oh, yeah, 10 it was, minutes? Mate, it was 
as quick as anything. Because who were they? Would they would have what Webkey and Petro? Yeah, they, yeah, they had that team that won just year won every year single. Yeah, yeah. Lockie, I think it was Lockie's last Origin. Cameron Smith, Billy Slater. Yeah, so they just had you know all these sort of <laughs> unreal players, you know. But um, yeah, mate, that atmosphere was mental up there. Um, yeah, they just blew they blew us off the park. But I think I got on I got on sort of early in the second half and played came on for ten minutes and that was it. Yeah, obviously it's a lot better when you go to the Four Nations for Australia. Now yeah. you debut I think against England, I've got it written down here. No, against New Zealand. And you actually yeah. scored. Yeah. And the Aussies actually just smashed it forty two six. Yeah, that was in Newcastle. So we played a game against the Kiwis in Newcastle. Mm. Um Yeah, mate, we sort of came on off the bench and um just sort of ran off Billy Slater, who was, run, who was scheming a thing, and I just caught the ball and didn't have to run far for the tries. So. What's it like when, like, you know, obviously there's New South Wales, Queensland, and then you come together, but most yeah. of these players are coming from Brisbane and Melbourne, and you've yeah. got some of the immortals, you know. I mean, you, all of a sudden yeah. you're playing with Cameron Smith and Billy yeah, Slater. Mate, I was, and, yeah, was sort of lucky. I sort of had a few. Farrah and, uh, and, and Chrissy Lawrence was in the sort of knew a few guys, like a couple of club mates going in, but. Yeah, obviously when you walk into that team room and you see all these blokes there, it's sort of, it's, uh, yeah, man, you sort of, it's a bit surreal seeing these sort of legends of the game. Yeah, when you think back, like, who was it that kind of maybe impressed you in terms of maybe some off-field leadership or even yeah. the way they prepared for a game? Mate, they're all, they're all good, man. Like, Cameron Smith, he's, you know, he's he's, he's unreal, man. Like, he's, he's he's smart, he's sort of the way he prepares. Mate, but I could, they're all good, you know? Yeah. You know, Greg Inglis was there, Jonathan Thurston. Like, it was just, yeah, it was just... Star started team. When you actually, because you obviously have to play five games. Yeah. When you're away together for that long, like, what sort of activities do you get up? Do you socialise a lot? Together? Yeah. So you sort of go out for meals. You go out for meals pretty much nearly every night. Yeah. You know, you sort of stick. Your, you, you get out. You get days off. You might you might travel. I think we got a we got in the middle of the thing. We sort of got four days off. A lot of the boys went to Berlin. I went up to Scotland to see family and that. But yeah, no, there's always stuff like that. You go out for meals. You sort of. Get days off. You might, you know, we'll stay in Manchester, yeah, and Leeds. So we'd sort of go into the city and walk around and stuff like that. Do you kind of enjoy that kind of a lot more when you get to go to an overseas country? And yeah, yeah, no, it was good, man. Like we're staying in awesome hotels and yeah. really well looked after. You know, you get spending money every day. And how would it work? Like, would they? So you play a game, and then yeah. would they give you a day off where you can maybe go out with the boys for a night to celebrate? Yeah, or something, yeah. So you, you normally have a few beers after the game and yep. stuff like that. Um, yeah, like would you know you'd, you'd sort of go out for meals or after games you'd have a few beers, you could go out socialise and stuff like that. Yeah, was it good because you know obviously in Australia, especially when you're playing first grade, everyone knows who you are, especially yeah. here in Sydney. Was it was it good, especially yeah, over there? Yeah, it was good. You know, look, sort of you you walk down the main street of Manchester or Le- Leeds a bit different because Leeds is a big rugby league town. Yeah, but, you know, you'd sort of Manchester, you just no, you, no one would sort of stop you or anything. You just you know you just sort of just. Normal. <laughs> yeah. Have you kept all your Australian jerseys and? Yeah, most of them. Yeah. So I've got a couple of them framed and. Yep. Yeah. Sort of. I'll put them up uh, when I finally get me man cave or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in this whole space, there, Tigers, because you were there for a long, long time. Because you got life membership or something this yeah, year. Yeah, I got, life, I got life membership this year actually, which was a pretty big honour. Yeah. Um, so I think it ended up being ten years. Wow. I played there for. So I signed in, joined in uh, so 06 to. 15 was my last year, yeah, so... Not bad for a Dragons fan who was a Sharkies junior yeah. into a Tiger. Yeah, no, nah, mate, Tigers are a great club, man. They're my team now. So um, you consider yourself a Tiger thrower? Yeah, definitely, you know. Yeah, I yeah. spent a long time there. And What's your number over there, do you remember? Debut number? Yeah. Nah, I don't know, man. Uh, they're, they're not a... Yeah. When did they start, 99 or... 99. Yeah. So it wouldn't be here. Yeah. I don't no, know. No tat, mate? Or you nah, 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 nah. What, nah. what are your tattoos? Um, oh, they're just... Yeah, Is that a dragon? That's like a koi fish. Um, yep. Yeah, just a heap of, heap of different stuff, man. Okay, any meaning towards your family or anything like uh, that? Like, I've got my kids' names and yep. a couple of, like, sort of Scottish tattoos and nice. stuff like that. A bit yeah. of heritage there. Yeah. So what made you decide to pack it up and go to Super League? Um, yeah, well, I suppose, what was that? That was 13 years in the NRL. Yeah. Um, I had a British passport. I had that since I was sort of a teenager, so the opportunity was always... You know, I, I held that opportunity. I wanted to finish my career over there. And, um, you know, I was sort of like, the, you know, the, the last few years at the Tigers was pretty tough. We were sort of struggling a bit. Um, 
And I sort of just told my manager, put a couple of feelers out over there, see if there's any interest. And- yeah. How, how disruptive is it when, because you, know, you just mentioned it, because yeah. you guys went kind of like Wayne Pierce, Michael Potter, JT. I think that was the kind of, yeah. you went in a row. No, was- Tim Sheens, um, Mick Potter came in, uh, Jason Taylor came Jason in. Taylor. Yeah. Is it disruptive when you're kind of going from coach yeah, to coach in a yeah, short time? Yeah, it's, yeah, a little bit. You know, you have to obviously change game plans and yeah. But stuff like that, so... Were you still there when they got rid of Benji and Robbie? No. So no. I think that was the end of 15. No, end of 16, I think. 16. Yeah. You were just over, gone. I was over yeah, in yeah. England, yeah. It's quite a funny kind of turnaround now that the fact that... I think it's great the fact that they're back. And yeah, mate, they're club legends. You know, they're great blokes. Um, and they get to finish it on, yeah, on their terms yeah, sort you know, of thing. They both love the club, man. You know, so... Um, they were, you know, they were kids when they came up through the grades together and yeah you know it's unreal for them to sort of finish their career there have you spoken to any of the boys about how what match mcguire's kind of brought in it at all uh, a little bit briefly um you know, i know they're training pretty hard yeah they're on an army camp or something recently so yeah you can yeah speaking of a few of the old south boys that played under him i don't think preseason will be too pleasant torturous you know? yeah <laughs> yeah just the leads just back to leads just briefly one of the players i want to ask you about was kevin sinfield yeah. Because a lot of people in Australia don't know what a superstar he yeah. was over there. Like, mm. is he one of the best players that you've played with? I actually didn't play with Kev. So he, like, um, going back to when I signed for the Tigers halfway through the year, yeah. Tigers ended up winning it that year. And the same thing with Leeds. So they had, like, Kevin Sinfield, Jamie Peacock, Colin, yep. all, all these legends. They they ended up winning it that year, won the treble. So I, I missed um, playing with Kevin Sinfield and Jamie Peacock, which are, like, two legends of the game. Absolutely, yeah. But, um, yeah, Kevin Sinfield, mate, he's, he's pretty much, he, he's, you know, he was he, 16, 17 years or something over there. Yeah, he could do it all, couldn't he? Like, yeah, lock, 5A, yeah, mate, whatever he wants to do. Yeah, special talent, you know. Who impressed you kind of, like, over there in the Super League? Was there anyone that kind of um, stood out? Like, like Danny, McGuire, Danny McGuire was, a, you know, yeah. he, was, he was unreal. He, he would have cracked it over here if he, if he came out. Because what was he? was a 5'8". He was a 5'8", yeah. 5'8", normally, uh, mainly. Um, he was good, um... Of, you know, Callum Watkins, the centre's really, you know, he's, he's a really good player. Ryan Hall's out here now, so he's, he's at the Roosters, so I'm, I'll be interested to see how he goes. How was the physicality over there? Mate, really physical. Yeah. Um, you know, they're pretty tough guys over there. You know, obviously it's a bit, probably a little bit slower. The yeah. game's a bit slower. Was that because of the fields or? Yeah, maybe. It may be the wet weather and yeah, it's always, most of the season, the grass, you know, it rains all the time over there, so it's a bit, but um, yeah, mate, I think it's probably... Probably a bit more physical over there than the NRL, but you know the NRL is probably a bit. The speed of the game is probably a little bit quicker. Yeah, what made you pick Leeds? Was how many choices did you have? Um, yeah, so I was speaking of... a couple of clubs over there. Yeah, um, you know I was close to signing with Hull, and then Leeds sort of came in late. And um, I'd obviously I'd stayed in Leeds a couple of times when I was in England. Mate, yep. it's a gr- great city. Um, you know, you can't get a bigger club in the Super League than Leeds Rhinos. So. Um, as soon as I knew they were interested, I was pretty pretty keen to go there. Yeah, what's Headingley like? Oh, the ground, the ground, mate, unreal. Look at the atmosphere in the crowds. It's, it's nothing like your sort of experience over here. The singing and the it's so good. The old school like designs yeah. and the way they've just like they've just done their stadium up. But I played in it. They just started doing it when I when I'd finished. Yeah, it. I saw it. Yeah, but uh, mate, the new stadium looks unreal. But you know, the old South Stand where they're all standing up and chanting and well, it just echo. Like yeah, it's just yeah, it's just echo, mate. You'd go out there. it's... They're, 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 uh, the fans over there are a lot more passionate than now. Oh, here, they yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So then it comes to retirement. But, you know, we've spoken about that already. So I've just got a few just different, uh, just some questions at the end. I just want to ask yeah, you. Yeah, sweet. In terms of leadership, you know, you've had some great leaders over your career. Who was the one that impressed you the most? <sighs> leaders. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to sort of say. Like, uh, Gareth Ellis, mate, he was playing with him at the Tigers. Um, Mate, he was just leader of men, you know. Like mm. he, 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 he was. He was the reason why we sort of were so competitive in those years. He was. He was the one that sort of came over, and you know, when you when you line up next to Gareth Ellis, like you'd sort of you'd feel so confident. You know, he was a big, he was a hard man. He, but he was, he was such a gentleman off the field. But if you didn't know him off the field and you saw the way he played, you you wouldn't. You know, they're just two totally different play, people. You know, like yeah. he was just hard. He was tough. Was he still playing when you went back over? Yeah. So he went to. He, he went to Hull. Actually. Yeah, that's right. Yep. He's still involved with Hull now, but um, he was he was sort of talking to me about coming to Hull actually because 
he was keen to get me over there, but um, he could hit. But he actually, yeah, old mate, he could hit. But he actually played at Leeds. He had, he had some really good years at Leeds. Yeah, I before. That. Yeah, yeah, That's where Tiger signed him from, mate. And he told me, mate, if you don't come to Hull, Leeds is, you know, they're, they're a really good club too. So yeah, if I yeah, probably probably him, mate. If I had to sort of pick someone that was a good leader, would be him. Yeah, nice one. All right, next one. Who was your toughest opponent? Toughest opponent. Um, yeah, I guess when I was really young, you know, coming into the to the grey ribbon wiki. I remember playing against him when I was 18. And it was when I was the second row and he was the back row at, at Canberra. It was sort of last year at Canberra. Yeah. Everyone remembers how good he was there, you know. And he's, God, he could hit. Every time I'd get the ball, he'd just be on me and he'd whack me. And <laughs> this was down in Canberra too. So someone like him, obviously, uh, Adrian Morley. And those, obviously, as a kid, you know, you sort of come in and you sort of remember those battles. But, um, you know, as a sort of career, mate, Petro Sivanaseva. Yeah. He was hard, man. You try and put a shot on him and... You think you're putting a good shot on, and you just he's made a. He's, he's a hard to tackle because he's so nice. Oh, mate, he's one of the nicest folks you'll ever meet. I've met, I've been lucky enough to meet him off the field, and he's yeah, he's a gentleman, mate. He's he's, he's pretty. He's, he's another one I sort of like. I looked up to as a footy player, but mate, he's, he's mate, he's tough as anything. Mate, you're so chill, and you describe yourself as very quiet. Yeah. Now, when you're on the field, occasionally you get fired up. <laughs> You've had a couple of blues in your, your time, but before that, like, what would be the process for you? Before a game, would you go into a game nice and calm? Did you like to fire yourself up? No, nah, I'd, I'd mainly like to be calm. Yeah. Um, especially night games, it's a long day. You know, you'd wake up in the day and you've, you know, if you wake up at seven o'clock in the morning, you've got, you, you know, 12 hours. You've got 12 hours, so you don't want to overthink the game, uh, which I probably did do a fair bit early in my career, but as, as I sort of went on, I'd, I'd take my mind off it. Yeah, what would you do? Just chill, watch yeah, movies? Yeah, try and chill, watch movies, go out for a coffee. Yeah. If the weather's alright, go for a swim, stuff like that. Um, yeah, but you, you, you know, as I sort of got older, you, you wouldn't overanalyze the game because you'd burn up too much sort of nervous energy, you know. So yeah, all right. Next one. Who was your most talented teammate? Benji, Benji Marshall for sure. What was better, training or the game? Um, obviously training, mate. You pull stuff off at training, but it's a different thing doing it at training to the game. Yeah, for sure. And seeing some of the stuff he did in the in the games was. Unbelievable! I think it was two thousand nine. We played para right at the end of the yeah, and he just made he just sort of darted over and just threw this pass behind his back, and I think it was Blake Ashford. It just hit him on the chest. And he threw the ball like that way, and it was, <laughs> like, his highlight reel is going to be unbelievable. You know? Yeah, I still remember the year before you went. Actually, you might have been playing in the game. Remember that game at Shark Park yeah, when he ran around the whole, the whole team? team? Yeah, yeah, mate. He's, he's he, yeah, he's he was sort of the first bloke that came in with those sort of side steps and yeah. You know, I think every young kid since tries to do those steps and that, you know. So if you go down to Touch Football Park, everyone's got one. Yeah. So yeah, mate, he's probably the most talented I've played with. Yeah. Nice. Okay. What was your most? What was your favourite ground to play on? And what was a ground that you disliked or maybe had a hoodoo at? Yeah. Uh, uh, obviously, in terms of England, Headingley was unreal, man. Yeah. In summer over there, the, the sun doesn't go down till ten at night, so you'd go on there at eight o'clock. The kickoff night game, you pretty much always played home games at Headingley at eight o'clock. Was it the sun was up? Like it was still light. Was some, in summer, this is, and um, you'd finish a game and the sun's still up, but the place is packed. I used to love day games. I used to enjoy day games. Yeah, like Sunday Arvo at Leichhardt and stuff like that. Um, Thank God they changed it from winter to summer when you went over to England. Yeah, I, I think they did. I think they did that a long, long time ago. But they did. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been as appealing going over there in winter. I can only imagine playing in winter. How? I think the only, the only sort of. The only positive side of that is you'd miss the preseason here. A lot of blokes. Um, yes, yeah, right. You comps, can you know? do both comps, and but yeah, that'd be taxing on the body as well. I think. Yeah, for sure. Okay, final question. Now it's just my dinner party question. Now you're going to be hosting a private dinner party. You've got five invites. Yeah. Now you can invite anyone, dead or alive, just okay. no family or friends. <laughs> Who would you like to invite to dinner? Um, LeBron James. Yep. You're a huge basketball fan. I've seen yeah, a couple I love of things on your Insta. Man. Um, did I say you had your son in some Celtics, or was that you in a Celtics jersey? Um, yeah, it might have been me. I don't. Yeah, I've had him. I love LeBron James, man. He's just a freak, you know. I got to watch him once when at Miami. Oh, did you? Yeah. And like, he's probably what you're six five, so he's three inches taller than you. Yeah. I've never seen a big man like that get up and down the court like he has. Yeah. His speed is amazing. Yeah, he's mate. He's he's unreal, man. Um, Muhammad Ali. Yep. Yeah, as you know. Love me boxing. He's you know he's the greatest boxer, but just all the stuff he did off the, off off 
you know, out of the ring as well. Who's okay. your favourite boxer at the moment? At the moment, um, probably Canelo. Is that because he's a redhead? Yeah, he's just, he's so man. good. Did you see him on the weekend? Nah, but I watched the highlights, man. He's just he's, he's just getting better and better every fight. You know, his body shots were amazing. It's just yeah, it's the just, guy who was fighting was six inches taller than him. Yeah, probably um, Tyson Fury. I'll put I'll put him. Yeah, I'll, you know, I love his story. Absolutely, where he's been and come back from. Did you get to hear him on Joe Rogan? No, but I've been, everyone tells me to watch it. Definitely have a look I'll at it, to, mate. Yeah. yeah, it's a great, it's mate, a great to, podcast. To be where he's been, um, you know, like you know, he was down and out. He ballooned weight. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's op- he's open about his depression and to come back and and fight in that fight and, and get up after being you know whacked to the canvas. You know, like absolutely, he's like a people's champ. Like, yeah, he, he he's is, got man. so much he respect. Is. I think he's he's grown like he's. I think everyone from all walks of life sort of respect what he's done now. And the guy that he fought, you know, he's one of the greatest yeah. out there. Can you imagine taking that shot that he yeah. took in that last round? Man, he, he doesn't look like a boxer. He's not, he's not shredded. And he's, you know what I mean? Nah. He's, just, he's a character too, I think. You but know, the way he moves, but like, he's I, just yeah, like a you know, he's gazelle. Like, technically, I think, I think he's the best heavyweight in the, you know what I mean? It'd be um, great. Imagine him and Joshua at Wembley Stadium yeah. sold out. Oregon Fury will get him, eh? That'll be a good fight, but we, yeah. you know, like we talked about before when we were having a bit of a yarn, yeah. I think he's been protected for a little yeah, while. I, so. think, I don't think AJ can hide for too much longer. No, nah, definitely not. So All right, Keith, you got Canelo, Tyson. No, I didn't put and... Canelo, did I? You, just, uh, you asked. Um... Oh, you didn't want him in there? No, oh, no, I asked who was the best boxer. He, he went English, English uh, yeah, that know, could like, be a bad party. I wouldn't be able to have a conversation <laughs> with him, you know? Like, I like, he's, he's probably favourite boxer at the moment, but he, he'd yeah. be hard to have a convo with him, you know? <laughs> so you got LeBron, you got Tice. Um, LeBron, I had someone else, didn't I? LeBron. No, he kicked out Canelo. Okay. Uh, Muhammad Ali. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, Ali. So what am I Jeez, saying? They're all, they're all sports stars, aren't they? It's probably a bit of a theme. Um, Jeez, tough one now. Um... I'll probably have Bryce Gibbs and Liam Fulton just just for the laughs, man. Who's more of a best out of those two? Oh, Fultz used to get Gibbs to do a lot of his sort of you know his dirty work, to, yeah. But um, so he had the plan, and then he yeah, made Bryce. Gibbs, yeah, Gibbs got no shame; he just executed all. Did he nearly try to make you play this year? Yeah, well, we, we're going to play play out in Group Six. Um, out. Uh, What's the, what's the team called again? Oakdale. Okay. Which is, mate, it's about an hour and a half drive. Was that like Camden or something? Past Camden. Probably another 20, 30 minutes past Camden. But, mate, I came back from that Achilles injury last year and yeah. I just, mate, it did feel right. I just couldn't, it wasn't, the Achilles wasn't up to it, you know, and it's, it's a bit hard now, like obviously um, insurance-wise and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, for mate, sure. If I do an injury, I'm, I, can't, I can't work on that. I'm, you did know, Bryce have a run? He might have played one or two games, but the club the club ended up folding. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, lucky yeah, yeah, you didn't so join in there. It's pretty successful, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Keith, I really appreciate you joining me on the show. Before I let you leave, everyone get following Keith on Instagram and Twitter. It's a nice, easy one. K Galloway eighty five. Yeah, cheers, mate. Keith, my man. Thanks so much. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having awesome. me. Awesome, guys. We hope you enjoyed the chat with Big Keithy Galloway. Do give him a follow on social media. He's always got a lot of interesting stuff happening there. He's got a great story, so let him know that you listen to the podcast. All right, guys, next week on the show, we're going to be tackling NRL referees. And one of my good friends, Grant Atkins, is going to be stopping by. So he's going to give you a really intriguing look into what it actually takes to make it as a first-grade referee. I think in today's day and age, yeah, last year, it probably wasn't their best year across the board, but they still put in a lot, a lot of work. So if you saw how much effort they put on put in behind the scenes i think you'll support them a lot more so that's what i want to really achieve with this episode give you an idea of all the ups and downs for grant making it to his debut they realistically don't even debut too late in their 20s so they have to give up a lot there's been a lot of weeks when he's been away missed his daughter's birthdays things like that just little things that you don't realize goes on in the behind the scenes so i think this year for the referees it's going to be great with graham annesley on board so i think yeah, give him a give him a try. I think this podcast is gonna be something different because it's gonna be in the eyes of an official. So I know the the Bill Harrigan episode I did was very very popular. So I'm hoping this one will bring you even greater insights into what they do today. So stay tuned for that one. Michael Line is also recorded. I've got a whole heap of episodes that I'm recording in the next couple of weeks before I go away. But yeah, the season will continue to roll on, and then we'll roll into season three 
in a couple of months as well. But I think season two is going to be 20 to 25 episodes, and then we'll get stuck back into season three. All right, guys, please continue to share the show with family and friends. Please get in touch. Send me an email at talkingwithtk.com. Any guest requests, I would love to hear your suggestions for the show. I just want to continue to make it even better and, you know, something that you guys are proud to share to all your family and friends. All right, guys, really really enjoyed this episode. I hope you did too. I'm Tristan Cannell, and this was Talking With TK. Talking With TK.